And this is also at the request of Jim Dunning, who you know well and who's a friend of the podcast. He's the only person who's, he's the only person that's been on twice. Once was just to talk to him. And then another time he and I were having separate conversations about what closures meant for college and for seniors and stuff like that. And so we, we did a second one just about that. And when I mentioned to him that I was going to talk to you, he said to make sure that I ask you um, about your feelings about school and motivation and unschooling. Cause you know, that's, that's his thing. He's now into oh, this idea of unschooling, right. And, and he brings it up a lot. And, and it, I do think it's important. It comes up on, on, in these podcast discussions more often than I would have expected, to be honest. Um, but as you're talking about the grades and the motivation, and I would have done it freshman year, but I don't do it now. And I'm learning things yeah. I chose, not the things I'm being forced to learn. You went to an sort of an independent education center, right? Like an, un, an unschooling center, so to speak. Yeah. And had an interesting experience. And so he told me that you regretted not doing that. And I don't know, I don't want to trust him on that. What are your feelings about mandatory public school versus self-selected independent school? And if you could change it, would you? Like, I, I, I don't know how to ask it because it's really his question, but. I know what you mean. I think that both public school and the learning center that I went to, they're like two different extremes of the same like set of education. So when I went there and I got to meet the students and we were, the reason we were there was just to talk to them about debate. And the interesting thing they do is they bring like experts. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but they bring people that do certain things. And then um, whatever they're interested in learning, they invite people to teach them. And that's like how the learning center works. And if they want to learn more about a certain movie, if they want to learn about agriculture, whatever it may be, they find resources for themselves in order to do that. So there's really no structure in which that they learn. But for us, for example, we have like the four core classes we have to take every year. We choose two electives from a separate list and that's how it works. There's nothing that there's like, there's no ingenuity or you don't create your own class because that's what you want to learn. So when I went there and they were talking to us, I kind of felt like sad because I was like, I spent like four years just taking just checking boxes, basically taking whatever class I was meant to take, whatever AP I was meant to take with this like sense that, oh, I want like to get this GPA. I want to get this boost. I want to get this grade. And that was like my only goal, I suppose. And then when I went there, they had really like no structure, anything that they wanted to do, they did. One of the girls was a junior and she's very interested in agriculture. So she works at a farm in Herndon. And like, that's how she learns about what she's interested in. And I think that the twofold thing about that is if you have the motivation and you know what you want to learn in the future, then it's almost as if public school is a waste or it's just spending four years of your life doing the Jack and Jill of education instead of doing what you want to do. But then the problem again would be if you don't know what you want to do, if you don't have that personal motivation, then going to an environment where it's unstructured would be really problematic for your future because you just kind of sway back and forth and you wouldn't know. So when I went there, personally, yes, I kind of regretted. I was like, I wish I had known about this unschooling when I was a freshman because potentially I would have combined it or done something with it because I think it forces you to think past high school or past college and say, what do I actually want to do in my life and how will my education get me there? Because when we're in school, we're just thinking about, as a freshman, I'm thinking about sophomore year. As a sophomore, I think about junior year, but I never think to the future. So I think if there was really like a perfect school environment for me, it would be more similar to public schooling, yes, but I think it would also like increase the individual aspect of learning. So allowing each student to create their own schedule. What kinds of things are you interested in learning? Um, like sampling different classes and then creating your own combination, sort of like how college does it, because I feel like that's better. 
But the problem with that is you can't start that in high school and expect it to work. I think it starts at a younger age because you can't develop motivation that you've never had for the first 10, 15 years of your life. Yeah. In the the book Unschooled, it talks about how there's like this like decompression period where when students go from school to unschooling, there's this period for some kids, it's a few weeks, for some kids, it's a few months. And, and I guess a lot of people, a lot of parents freak out because the kids are like, oh, she's just sitting around. She's doing nothing. She's just watching TV. And they said that after you know a little while, what happens is that people essentially either get bored or they stumble upon something they're curious about. And then all of a sudden it kicks in. But they said that the older students are when they go into that unschooling process, they tend to take longer to fit, like sort of adapt to it. And, you know, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with almost everything you just said. And so my, my, I'm trying to say this, so I'm revealing personal bias here. I'm going to agree with you and give praise, but I don't know if it's because it's actually a great answer or not. It's just, you just said something that's almost exactly like what I've been talking about at work for several years. And that's the idea that student choice is important. We have constant, everything we talk about, student voice and choice. That's the, that's the buzz term in school, voice mm-hmm. and choice. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a principal or teacher use that phrase, I would have already retired. And I'm, I'm not even <laughs> exaggerating, like it's insane. But it's always voice and choice within a class. You're going to force a kid into my English class and then I'm supposed to create choices and opportunities for the student to voice how they want to learn and what they want to read and the rest. And that's fine, but that is like almost impossible to manage well. And I'm not saying no one does. There are plenty of teachers that do a lot of choice. I do some choice. I don't do a ton. You know, it's like I pick things that I think work for the class. I try to make sure we're very clear. Here are the goals and here's the reasons. And I think most students play along because I'm very honest. Like this is what we're doing and this is why. And then present options in discussion or with certain readings. But I really do think that if you're, if we're serious about quote unquote student voice and choice, it shouldn't be as much choice within the classroom. It should be choices between the classrooms. Like right. I, I'm with you. I would not get rid of public school despite its many problems. We have a building, we have funding, you know, we have a structure that would be so incredibly hard to duplicate or to get anything that would work like, but maybe instead of everyone having to take the four core subjects, the foreign language, the two electives whatever, wouldn't it be great? Like my, my belief is everyone should do literacy and numeracy. Like you should take a class on reading and writing and you should take a class on math. And it doesn't mean you have to get to multivariable calculus. You might just always do arithmetic and geometry, but you should always be working with numbers. You should always be working with language and the rest of your day should be up to you. And that's my view, you know? Right. And if you wanted to go work on a farm at the end of the day, like, you know, have at it. I just think it's really, it's really hard to create an appropriate level of quote unquote, student uh, efficacy, you know, and student choice when you force someone into the room. It's like telling someone to go to prison, but then try to make it enriching by like choosing your activities during your free time in the afternoon. Like, but I didn't <laughs> want to be here in the first place, right? So if yeah. you find ways to free up what you're doing, not just, you know, instead of changing the flavor of the icing on the cake, maybe we consider that there are other desserts available kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. Well, Um, yeah, but I think the problem with that is when I was at the learning center, especially with the junior that I spoke to, she had just entered the learning center her sophomore year. So she talked about how there was like a difficult transition because she was like, there's no tests. I have nothing to really work towards. There's no quarters, nothing really structured. So she had like a hard time transitioning. And there were actually two seniors that said that I haven't done any like exams or like I haven't done any exams or I haven't taken any sort of like assessment in the past four years. So now I'm not ready for college. So there's like two sides of the same issue. And for them, for example, they started taking some like small courses at the at Nova. 
so that they could see if they could transition back into the normal school um, environment. So I think if you make it structured, there's going to be a hard time with how do you measure the level of intelligence that a person has gained? Or is there really one way to measure that intelligence? And then how is that converted back when you're reintroduced into university? You know, and and that's you're making great points. And one of the other things you said when you're talking about the Learning Center was that they invite people who they want to talk to, they want to learn from. And while it wasn't necessarily the point of this podcast when I started it, this is essentially what it's turned into. Like I think about like what's going on in the world or what's going on in school or in my brain. And then I try to think, who do I know? Or do I know someone who knows someone who we could talk to? And because I think, you know, if a hundred people listen to this, great. If a thousand people listen to it, great. If two people listen to it, this still needs to be great. And that means that I need to have chosen something that will help me to understand or learn it, it you know, that there's got to be something internal for me in it. The idea of students having that choice at the learning center is awesome. But yeah, it's like, how do you transition into, into school or, or into and out of the testing? And something that Safa and Falak talked about two episodes ago was that when they went from homeschooling and unschooling to getting to school, the biggest transition was really learning how to take a test. They both said that at first tests were kind of weird just because that hasn't, wasn't how they had learned in the past. So they essentially had to learn how to learn for the test and how to study, but they're both very smart. So they figured it out pretty quick and then they were fine. And they said that, you know, that was a weird transition. They also point out that a lot of students who do homeschooling or unschooling actually graduate early and then enroll either online or in person through a community college so that when their friends who are the same age graduate high school, they're already, you know, partway through college. And that way that transition can be done a little bit easier. In the last episode, I talked to Megan O'Connor, who's the entrepreneur in residence at Kaplan. And she has this vision of college. She thinks that the pandemic closures and all the online stuff, she really thinks that students are going to start switching between schools and programs the way a lot of people switch between jobs. Every year or two, you know, you, you pick a new job, you go somewhere else. She's like, there's no reason to sit at one school for four years and do all this stuff. She's like, People are going to do an online program and then they're going to switch and do this thing. And by the time you're done three, four, five years later, you're going to have this great education, but it's not going to be important to have that diploma in the same way. And I was like, it's a really cool vision. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not nearly as confident as she is, but she really sort of has that idea of like, there's a way to blend these two levels of choice and, and engagement. I don't know, you know, it's sky's the limit, but I also think that education is an institution that changes very slowly. And yeah. so we're at this moment where all of a sudden there's all these pressures to go online or, you know, figure out a new learning management system. What are the seniors going to do? And I think everyone is desperately clawing at ways to get back to normal. And when I started to see that, I realized, I don't know if the change is really going to happen because everyone's just trying to make it normal again, rather than make it something new. And maybe this is the point to ask you the question. And you've, you've already started to answer this, but if you were given your own school, I think charter school, like very, very little legal regulation, for you, what do you think would be the perfect school? Like if you had to have a 1,500 kids or 1,000 kids or whatever, what would that look like? You know, I mean, would it be a free-for-all on a farm or would it be like your <laughs> standard high school? Like if you had the budget, the staff, you have anything you want, what would the best school be for you? I think for me, I would want my school to start at a very young age, kind of like a K through 12 type of school. I don't think that starting halfway through in middle school or near the end in high school to change the school system, it wouldn't be as effective. I would want the school to be kind of like what I said, a meld of the normal like institutionalized public school as well as like the unlearning, because I don't think we should force students to take a certain amount of classes or a certain type of classes 
kind of like a you try everything and then you start to specialize as you get older as you move up through the grades I suppose Mm -hmm. that'd be my first like main thing I would also try to change the way that we do learn I think like I said whenever I take a test right after it's hard for me to remember what I've taken so I think we should implement the idea of like application to everything we're learning so what is the importance of learning physics what is the importance of learning chemistry how does it help society in the future kind of creating like that seminar type discussion how do I take what I've learned and apply it 10 years from now or when I leave high school and I would also say that a lot of things are left out of school education just to be politically correct or to avoid parent backlash. For example, we just saw everything that's happening on social media with LCPS and everything that's happening in the news and around America. The way that Loudon responded for me did not seem adequate. I think that sometimes race, racism, these types of social issues are very delicate to talk about in schools when they shouldn't be. I think that creating like spaces for these discussions creating ways to educate your students within the school is very important. And I would also say that a lot of what I got from LCPS's message was it begins in your homes and that's where you begin educating your children, which I agree with completely. A lot of what we have when we're growing up is based off what our parents hold as their morals. But a lot of that can change when you go to school, who you interact with in school, um, how your teachers affect your perception, the types of things you learn. You begin to branch away from your parents. So I think it's very important to implement social action into schools or application in terms of what is my career going to do in the future? And that's what my ideal school would be.